Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. Today, we're sharing our conversation with Heidi Stevens, who is a speaker, mentor, and host of women empowerment events and online experiences. She is the founder of the Feminine Collective and the Soul of Business podcast. Heidi has personally mentored hundreds of women through her programs and inspired thousands through her online platform. Her mission for the Feminine Collective is to inspire modern women to expand their consciousness, deepen their connection to self and others, and experience more freedom, alignment, and overflow in their lives. Heidi has a master's in spiritual psychology and has been doing this work for over a decade. She's a mom of two little ones living in Los Angeles with her husband today. Yeah, and in this episode, we discuss my experience working with Heidi via her group coaching program and private business coaching sessions, how Heidi helped me to step into my confidence as a new coach, charge the rates that I was really worthy of, and also find my ideal clients. We talk about Heidi's journey from working in real estate, which was a male-dominated industry, and how burnout and a health crisis ignited a desire to go on her personal and spiritual development journey. What it means to give yourself permission to prosper, the importance of following your intuition, taking inspired action, putting the blinders on, showing up authentically to co-create a life and business that you love. Um, We talk about her degree in spiritual psychology and how it led her to discover what it meant to be more in her feminine and eventually start her passion-based business, coaching entrepreneurial women. Why consuming low vibrational food and content can have an impact on your productivity and confidence levels how to align with your business model and rate so you can feel confident in what you're offering. And finally, some of Heidi's favorite client testimonials. And we did want to mention that we recorded this episode a few months ago, long before the pandemic. So if you hear us talk about anything that is out of place for how we're living now, that's because we recorded this before, Um, as is the case for many of the episodes we're putting out right now. They were previously recorded, but Still, there's so much value in this episode, in this conversation, and really, you know, Heidi talks a lot about the importance of doing the the work to really slow down, get in touch with yourself, ask yourself questions, you know, check in regularly, and really get to the root of who you are and what is right for your life. You know, is this the right relationship? Is this the right career? And really creating space and time to to think through all of that and, and figure out maybe it's time to pivot. If not, maybe it's time to do something different. So, um, we hope that you do have some time during all of this 
craziness to really sit down and sit with yourself and connect with your innermost voice. Um, And if that is the case, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We did want to share how we are coping with our personal businesses changing and being impacted by all of this. Um, Obviously, for any business, this is a scary time, but entrepreneurship um, can already be so up and down. And so this definitely throws an extra wrench in it. So for any of you struggling entrepreneurs, we feel you. Um, I just wanted to share that for our business, Your Hormone Balance, uh, we had quite a slowdown in business because, um, you know, we are asking people to send in saliva samples um, and our lab is still open. We are an essential business. So we're still able to process all of our test results and we're lucky that our business is an at-home business. So people you know, don't have to go in anywhere to send in samples, but we did have to let people know that, you know, if you're at a high risk of infection, please don't send in your samples. Now would not be the right time to do that. So it does impact business, but, you know, with the slowdown of new clients and um, new reports coming in, that has created space for a lot of projects that have been on my list forever and kind of pivoting to, offerings that are digital and educational based and not necessarily involving the testing, um, which has long been a desire of mine. So webinars and hormone health education courses and new marketing materials and a new website and all of that. So um, it's definitely exciting to have time for that. Um, It's scary to know how it's going to all pan out, but um, that's really how it's been for us. And I'm excited and I'm hopeful about what's to come. What about you, Jess? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like all the things that it's like, oh, I don't have time to focus on that. I don't have time to focus on that. But it's the very thing that's going to up-level you. So it is nice to now have that be more of a focus for sure. And you're doing such a great job with the branding. I'm so excited about it. Uh, Yeah, the website is long overdue. So I'm so excited about that. Yes. And for me, I've definitely had my challenges, my ups and downs. I think when this all started, I felt pretty secure in my position as a coach. I still had all of my clients kind of as business as usual. I've always worked from home, so I didn't feel too much of a shift, but In more recent weeks, as this has gotten more dire and serious, I've had quite a few clients who have had to take a major pay cut or lost their jobs or their husband has lost his job and they're no longer able to continue our sessions or had to put them on pause, which I completely understand and respect. Um, And so, you know, that was a little bit of a shell shock for me and, you know, a little bit panicky at first when it started happening and obviously just feeling so you know, so sad and and helpless for my clients too, you know, wishing there was something I could do to help. And so what I decided was that I could kind of channel back the virtual coaching I had done in previous years and months and turn it into a virtual happy hour, which I host every Wednesday. It's donation-based, so it can be supportive to anyone and everyone. And that's a way that my clients can continue to work with me just in a more community style way. And I think we all really need community, um, virtually and, and it's really cool to come together as women and to just see that you're not alone and everyone's kind of dealing with this in, in, in different, but similar ways. Every week's a different theme. You know, we talk about getting after your goals, uh, that may have changed, but how to do it in a sustainable way, how to adjust to the new normal, create a routine outside of your routine. We talk about mindful eating, 
Uh, tomorrow we're going to be creating mini mood boards out of like veggies and fruits and and getting creative. So it's been really rewarding. And, and I've also been doing some free content on my Instagram, partnering up with different fitness instructors and health coaches and chefs to, to bring some helpful, uplifting content. So I'm really enjoying it. And I, I feel confident that there's ways that I can continue my business during this time and, and support my clients in the way that they need it most. Well, you are definitely doing all the right things. So I'm so proud of you. I'm trying. Every week's different. So we'll see what happens next week. But yeah, can't really plan too far ahead. But um, yeah, and I did want to touch on before we go into this episode with Heidi that, you know, it's, it's really normal to feel anxious, to feel insecure, to just feel really stressed or sad during this time because we're really truly experiencing a collective trauma. So it's more important now than ever, and Rai touched on this, to just get connected with yourself and what you need in order to move through this time as positively as you can. And speaking of that, we, we noticed this morning that Heidi decided to take a digital detox for a few weeks to slow down. And we thought we'd share the post that she wrote on Instagram, which you might all find to be really helpful and and a good reminder. So she said, feeling the call to go inward and get quiet in a way that I've maybe never experienced before. Deep stillness, solitude, inner silence. They're calling from my core. The reality of two kiddos home all day. I'm not sure exactly how that plays out, but I can't ignore the call. It's time to get quiet and come home to my, my body, myself, my physical space and ground down deeper than ever before. Life is too precious. Our time here is finite. Signing off tonight. So incredibly grateful for my health, family, our life, and more called than ever to be a beacon of light, to serve deeply and in a way that makes an impact going inward to listen, access divine intelligence, and trusting that next steps reveal themselves in a way that I can clearly understand. Sending love and healing prayers to all of all and everyone around the globe tonight. So I, I thought that was a nice message to share. And, and with that, a good segue into this conversation with Heidi. Welcome to our home office slash studio, Heidi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course. We've been really excited about this one and we're really stoked to get into this conversation because first of all, for those who don't know, I actually worked with Heidi and we just figured out it was two years ago, almost two years ago. Such a joy. So much fun. I met your guys' whole family. Yes. Which is so cool. We did like a whole intensive with you with our family business. And then I ended up signing up for your Thrive group coaching course. And we did sort of like a little VIP upgrade, which was really cool. So I got, I think it was like five or six one-on-one coaching sessions with you. Yep. Which I feel like was such a game changer in my business, especially Mm -hmm. the point I was at feeling kind of stuck in a lot of ways and being excited about what I was doing, but not really knowing what direction to take it in or how to charge in a way that I'd actually be able to pay my rent, you know? And it was like, I'm so passionate about this and I know that this is what I want to do, but how am I actually going to be able to turn this into a fully functioning business on my own? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were so coachable and (laughs) you are so gifted and you're a hustler. So you made my work really easy and you were so much fun to work with. It's been so fun seeing you grow. Thank you so much. And it's so great that we're in the same city. 
because we've been able to kind of cross paths and you came to one of my events, which I really appreciated the female sexuality event, which was so cool to see you at. And, and a lot of that, you know, is a result of you kind of helping to push me forward and, you know, charge what I'm worth. And I think that's something we really want to get into is like stepping into your power as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, charging not only what you're worth, but also only taking on projects that energetically make sense for you so that you are still really motivated and passionate, which can be so hard not doing it all and not saying yes to everything. Yeah. And I think that's a lesson that, you know, I still need from time to time. I'm like, okay, Jess, get it together. What are you going to say no to? So, you know, <laughs> remember what Heidi would say. Yes. What would Heidi say? I need that look on a bracelet. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> but you really did help. And, and I think, you know, it's been, it's been a crazy two years. And another thing that you really, you know, helped me to bring to reality was a virtual group coaching course and Mm -hmm. coaching about 20 to 25 women, four different months, um, out of a year. And I wouldn't have known where to start or how to do that without you. And it was one of my favorite things that I've ever done. And you were actually one of the the um, guest speakers and to this day it was one of the most popular sessions oh thank you so much I feel so honored and I do really receive all that I remember also me pushing back on you a little bit with the group program going you did I don't know Jess I don't know you know if you've if you're quite ready if you're charging enough and you were so focused and just so you were clear that you wanted to do it and I never mess with that you know I'm like okay all right I hear you Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be the devil's advocate here (laughs) And you ran with it and you did it. And I'm, I feel like a proud mama bear. (laughs) Well, honestly, I have to say that that was good that you, that you fought back a little bit because it made me really question, is this what I want to be doing? Do I really want to put, you know, all of this time? Because it was a lot of time. And I will say, you know, it's not something that I'd be able to do every month because it is a lot and you're, you know, you have to show up for all these women and it's a lot of prep. And, and I think that you did really help me to kind of make it more simple too, which is important and not offer the world, (laughs) which I tend to do. Mm -hmm. So another thing that we really appreciate about your business, Ryan and I, is that you kind of have, well, not kind of, um, you incorporate the spiritual world and the spiritual side of your personal life into your business practice and coaching women to get to that sort of next level, that high vibration state. And we're interested in diving into that because it's not something that we're experts in at all and would love to know kind of how to incorporate that more within our businesses. Sure. But before we get there, we'd love to go back to the beginning of your entrepreneurial career journey and where did it all begin? We know that you weren't always a coach. Yeah. And you didn't always work just with women. So where did it all start and how did it come to this point? Yeah, my eyes just got big and I took a deep breath because I'm like, oh, uh, which entrepreneurial journey do you want to talk about? Um, I'll just say um, that I, you know, I went to UCLA. I graduated. I was, you know, I went with a sociology degree. I didn't know what I was going to do at a school. I think like most people, you're like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And my dad and a bunch of his friends said, I think you'd be good at real estate. You've got a bubbly, warm personality. Um, I watched my dad always be very successful at sales and growing a business and being an entrepreneur. So 
Um, I got right into real estate right out of college and I was one of three women in an office full of 40 men in commercial real estate in Los Angeles. I didn't grow up here, so I didn't, you know, I didn't know people. I didn't have a, uh, a ton of like friends and family around and it was really, really, really intense. And, um, it's, I am so grateful for the experience that I had in commercial real estate and right off the bat, Um, but it taught me a lot very early on about what I didn't want, and Mm -hmm. um, I think just also in relationship to what you guys do, um, a lot of my story was that I burned out hardcore within the first two years of of being in real estate. I had adrenal fatigue. I put on 40 pounds on a 5'2 frame. Mm. I had massive acne. I was working, you know, I think probably 60 hours plus 70 hours. I was just working all the time, Mm. maybe even more than that. I don't even know. But, um, making a ton of cold calls and it was just really intense. That being said, I had a lot of quote unquote success. I had a lot of financial success. I started making six figures right off the bat. Um, and that was addictive. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And so there was an element of, okay, this is affording me a, you know, a good lifestyle as a 25 year old. Um, and, and going through this experience and this health crisis, um, it really spurred and ignited in me this desire to, to go on a personal development journey. And that's really where, um, the foundation of my own spiritual experience started. I went and saw a, a health coach, um, I don't know if you guys know him. His name is Dan Kalish. He's like a hormone guru up north oh, in the wow, Bay. No. Yeah. Um, Check her out. And then I went and um, and saw a therapist and got into OA because they were like, I think you have some overeating disorders. And me thinking that it was just totally normal to binge and purge, mm-hmm. you know, your entire college <laughs> life. Yeah, I've totally been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? This is actually mm-hmm. like an addictive behavior that I need to seek support on. Mm-hmm. So I was in OA for about three or four years and it just was one health person, uh, one develop, you know, developmental person after another, um, all the while staying in real estate and, um, And I could go on and on and on. I'm happy to all just pause here and you guys can ask questions. But I was in real estate for about 10 years um, before I shifted out. Wow. So you were doing all of that work on yourself while still working, running your... Yes. I was literally putting all of the money that I was making in commercial real estate back into investing in myself. I was going, you know, I was just, it's so expensive. All of these healers and helpers and it's, it's important for sure, but yeah, it it is a lot. Yeah. And I felt, and it was like this, you know, tug, it was kind of, okay, I want to, how am I going to go be a yoga instructor and live the lifestyle, live in this apartment in Los Angeles and invest in myself in this way. And it just, I just kept being pulled back into real estate. I was really good at it Mm -hmm. and, um, I had a really love hate relationship with it. Um, but I kept going and in 2012, I went to USM, which is the university of Santa Monica to get my master's in spiritual psychology. And I specifically went to that, went for that experience so that I could get out of real estate. Uh, Okay. And in the first year, I thought if I have like a, you know, master's degree behind my name, like then I'll feel worthy of quote unquote being a life coach or doing what I really want to do in the world. 
And it was that first year of that, of that, uh, school that I did so much work on myself and, um, really realized what it meant to be more in my feminine and really drop in and open up in a different way. Um, Kenny, my husband, my now husband was in my life for a very long time, but it was after that first year that we actually started dating. Um, he was always in real estate. I was in real estate. You can hear my mm-hmm. voice. Like I even just like drop in here, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, <sighs> just like mm-hmm. exhale. Yeah. Not your person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I dropped into what I'll just call my more feminine energy. And we ended up uh, merging our businesses and building our real estate, quote unquote, you know, little uh, compound or team or whatever you want to call it together. And we did that for six years. So I continued to go through three years of getting my master's in spiritual psychology while being in real estate. And then it was after running the business with him for six years. So I think I was actually in real estate for like 15 years. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then it was three years ago that I was like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. I'm curious because the wheels are turning a little bit just because when I left my corporate job and, you know, went back to IAN, I was like, there's no way that I can keep this stressful PR job at the same time that I'm going to school because I don't want to create resentment. You know, I don't want to, I'm already overdoing it in this job. I'm already stressed. So adding school on top of it, am I going to become resentful or more stressed out doing something that's meant to be this like passion that Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, that I'm supposed to step into and be this new career. So did you ever feel overloaded doing both or did it help you to be more, I guess, more authentically you and more focused and more present while you were in that career? So I would say it's a, it's, it's an, it's a yes. And yeah, you know, and I think for anyone listening, it's important to know that, that you have to figure it out on your own and you have to write your own story. So to answer your question specifically, I was in real estate. I was, I I felt a lot of inspiration and flow when I was doing it with Kenny, like it really worked. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were having fun with it. We were building the team. Um, and I started doing some coaching on the side, Um, the way that the school worked was that it was one weekend a month. So it wasn't like five or six days a week. So it really, yeah, it really supported working professionals. So doing school and working never collided. But when I started really feeling that hit of like, it's time to step out and coach mentor, et cetera, I started doing it with women in real estate. You guys probably don't know that. Mm -hmm. So I worked and coached women in real estate for about three to four years. Um, before, um, well, so we, we had the business and then what you guys probably don't know is that I left and I started a startup in this like cleaning business that Kenny had this idea to start this business. And I was like, I'm so sick of hearing you talk about it. I'm going to start it. We were building our first house at the time. Um, we then got married. I then got pregnant right away. I then left that. That was just like an epic fail. Talk about like wanting just to pull the sheets, you know, just lay in bed. It was like, we actually lost like six figures. Mm -hmm. It was very, very, very humbling experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I then went back and my, uh, Kenny and I merged with another company and I was the CEO of a real estate company for like a year. I I promise you I'm not 50. I promise you I'm not 50 years old. Um, I'm 39 in case anyone's wondering. And she looks amazing Um, glowing. And so all of this to say, when I did finally, um, walk, quote unquote, walk away three years ago and start my 
you know, online passion-based business, I feel like I was able to do it with a clean slate and also come out and start charging and making money and getting clients pretty quickly because I had had so much experience and time Mm -hmm. and just confidence under my belt. And I think for a lot of people, that's not always the case. Like they, they need to maybe work two jobs for a while Mm -hmm. to put that much pressure on a passion project when you're first getting started is, is a lot, Mm -hmm. is a lot. And so everyone has different circumstances and it's just really important that you listen to your own path and journey when you're on the road. Completely agree. I want to go back a little bit to that beginning career when you were one of few women in a male dominated industry. How did that impact you? And I kind of just want to understand what you were like at that time, how your personality (laughs) has changed and how your confidence was impacted by being in that environment. It's so hard when you're talking about yourself, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I wish I could ask somebody else who's <laughs> known me for that amount of time. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that I, there is an element of me that's always been incredibly, incredibly competitive. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I'm an, I'm an overachiever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of myself as kind of a recovering overachiever perfectionist, even though that still lives inside of me. Yeah. Um, and so I was just really, really driven and I was so hard on myself. Mm. Like if I wasn't getting in the office at eight or eight 30, I just felt like a failure. Um, I, but I, and I also just looked around at what the other people were doing in the office to have success. And I did what they did. I got my like theory, you know, Navy blue and black suit. And I Mm -hmm. had my button ups you know, tops from banana Republic. Mm -hmm. And I just hammered the phones. And I know that people, you know, just from the reflections of a lot of the guys, they were just like, wow, like you're so tough and you're so this. And, um, and it's like, I just didn't really know how to be any different. I'm an ex gymnast. I, Mm. I was a competitive gymnast at a really, really, really high level. And it's just so much of who I was as a child to like get approval and earn love and all of that stuff. And so it really wasn't until I went on my own personal development journey, my own spiritual journey that I realized actually, Heidi, you're enough just because like you incarnated in human form, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you get to be worthy of love and success and abundance and joy just because you're here. But that's not, we all like have to go through our own experiences. And believe me, there is a lot of programming that I'm still constantly working on. Um, but there's a, been a very fundamental, fundamental, like foundational shift that I've had through doing now 10 plus years of quote unquote, spiritual, personal development, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm also wondering when you began coaching women who worked in real estate, obviously you weren't working with entrepreneurial women at this point, which is very different. So I'm curious, what did that working relationship look like? And what were some of the major breakthroughs that you had that really propelled you onto wanting to do this full time for entrepreneurial women? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I found is that so much of my work is about the mindset and about the belief system and actually about incorporating what I'd call maybe a softer side, you Mm. know, to being a hustler and going after it. It's been so much of my journey is actually the unlearning and doing it differently. And 
God bless women in real estate. You know, this is a broad statement, so it's not that every woman that's in real estate fits into this, what I'm about to say, but most of them are pretty hard and like very in their masculine and quite honestly just don't have that much of an interest in shifting more into their feminine. And so when I was coaching them, um, I was wanting to do more of the inner work. I was wanting to do more of, uh, what I call now the feminine work, which I didn't call then. Um, and it just wasn't quite received (laughs) in the way that I was hoping it to be received. And hence, Uh, me re-looking at and going, hmm, are these my ideal clients? Like, is this who I ultimately want to work with? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to just be a productivity coach and an accountability coach and get on the phone every week and be like, did you make your cold calls? Did you do your meetings? Did you set your things? Like, it's just, that's just not my jam. Mm -hmm. Was that part of it though? Keeping them accountable to their goals? I mean, I think it's part of every coaching relationship, right? I'm just more, a little bit more interested in like the deeper work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just ultimately found when it was time for me to leave and reevaluate who do I want to work with, which women are going to be more receptive to some of these broader, you know, topics that I want to discuss who, who is going to be able to receive these. It was more of creative women, more entrepreneurial women, which I'll just say that right now I'm in the process of shifting to like, does the work that I do even have to do with only entrepreneurs? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. even in the last three, three and a half years since being in this space, I'll just say the the online more creative space, my work has really shifted. And, um, you know, I came into this doing what I know how to do best business coaching, you know, doing more of the systems and the structures and yes, the, the money mindset was always part of it. And now I'm kind of looking at going a bit broader, going more into wellness, going more into spirituality, um, given just where my soul is asking me to go and the content that's coming through me. Yeah. And I've seen you shift in major ways since we've worked together. I remember you didn't call yourself a soulful business coach when we were working together and I know a lot more of these elements have been incorporated into your coaching practice, which I yeah. do want to go into, but I am curious. You talk a lot about finding your ideal client and how mm-hmm. these women weren't necessarily your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. So do you have any tips for how might somebody kind of tap into who that person is and how did you tap into that and kind of segue? Mm, it's, it's a good question. So it's, are you asking, how do you identify your yeah. ideal client? So more times than not, an ideal client is a past version of yourself more times than not, because that's, especially if you're starting out, that's who you're going to most be able to serve. It's like, what did you struggle with? What did you have the hardest time overcoming? What challenges did you have to, you know, overcome? And so, you know, that's where I started was women in real estate. And then once you get started and you get going and you know this, Jess, like you can evaluate, is this, am I, is this just like the highest and best is what I'm needing to do to support them? Is that fueling me? Am I feeling lit up about working with them? Are they seeing incredible transformation? And you get to ask yourself, like, is, 
does this feel really, really, really good? Mm -hmm. And if there's elements of it that just aren't, that just aren't, you know, lining up and it's not one of those things that you try it for like a month or two months and just go, Oh no, I'm not getting clients or, Oh no, they're not getting the transformation. Like I coached women in real estate cause that's what I knew. And that's what I was good at. I did that for four years did that for four years while I was doing also running my real estate business. And when it was time for me to leave my real estate business, I was very clear. It's time to leave all of this. And even in the first year of me coaching, um, online, I did take several women in real estate. Cause it's again, it's who it's people were attracted to me. And now there's just like a couple of women in real estate that are in, you know, the collective, the feminine collective. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I guess I was wondering how you then shifted to, to leave that real estate behind, to leave real estate behind and real estate clients behind and find your ideal client so that you felt that you had fully stepped into your power as an entrepreneur. Yeah. It was trial and error. Quite honestly, like mm-hmm. there was no magic formula. It was like, what feels, what, who could I serve? Who could I support? I knew that I, even though I wasn't a photographer or a health coach or, um, you know, a graphic designer, I knew that I had the wherewithal to be able to support them and getting their businesses up and running. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's who I'm going to go. That's what I, who I'm going to quote unquote go after. And those first like five clients, you know, th- it's crazy to think that it was just three years ago. Wow. Those first five clients. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was a referral. It was a real estate person. It was somebody that I had worked with like four years ago. She's like, are you coaching again? Yes. I host an event. Like you were doing such a great job of Jess. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hosted this event. A hundred women came. I don't even know how a hundred women came. <laughs> and it was like, three of them were like, are you coaching? And I said, yes. You know, yeah. and you just start saying yes until it's time to say no. Mm-hmm. And at this point I don't even work with women one-on-one. Like I'm not doing any one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like this evolution that over time just continues to show itself and reveal itself. And let me tell you, every single step is feels scary. When I was like, I'm not going to work anymore one-on-one. It's like, what? Like, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? what are you going to spend your time doing? You know? And it's like in order for me to kind of fulfill other things that I really desire to do and the impact that I want to make, I have to create that space. Mm -hmm. Are you somebody that does a lot of journaling that thinks through ideas like far in advance or what is your style of kind of approaching these projects? That is a great question. I am very intuition led and inspiration based And I am learning how to really hone in and listen to the ideas that come through. Um, I'll wake up every morning with three to five new ideas and I do write them all down. I do keep a journal. It's I say that and it's very unorganized. I have on my notes section. I have in my Asana. I have in like four different journals. I tell Kat. Like it's like everywhere all the time. Yeah, Yeah. and then what I do is I just, I'm learning how to be patient and just hold and not jump right into something and instead really listen and tune into like, is that thing still calling me? So it's like, the next day is that I'll talk it through with my team. I'll talk it through, you know, I'll kind of talk it through maybe with my husband. I'll talk it through with some entrepreneurial girlfriends. And then I go, does that still, am I still lit up by it three days later? Mm -hmm. Am I still lit up by it the next week? And is it still like, is it still a ping three weeks later? And if it still is, has some resonance and it still feels like, yes, this is something I should do. Then I'm taking steps forward. So you offer 
you've done group coaching, you have a podcast, you have the Feminine Collective, through all of these offerings and projects, what would you say are the fundamentals or key challenges that you are, fundamentals of your teachings or key challenges that you're really trying to help your clients address? Yeah, that is such a great question. And it's one that uh, quite honestly is in flux right now because I have been up until now so focused on entrepreneurial women and and helping them support them in building their businesses. And what we're seeing is that the work that's coming through is so much more broad and is really about supporting women in tuning into a deeper level, listening to their intuition, um, aligning with their life's values, and ultimately finding more freedom and joy. It's like at the end of the day, we think that making more money or building these businesses is going to like get us what we want. And there are elements of it that yes, like the truth is, is that money is energy and it is a resource and it is fuel being able to charge your value and, and receive more clients and build yourself up and create a, a, you know, a baseline of, of a business that, that is important. What's also is important is like feeling good on a daily basis and actually enjoying the process and feeling free. Like don't, it's not what we all want. We just want peace and joy and freedom and overflow. And it's from the like up leveling your frequency. It's from the raising your vibration. It's from being able to say yes, when it's aligned and no, when it's not aligned, that you're able to start tapping into that freedom, regardless if you're making two, five, ten, a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like that is where like the true bliss is. And as you do that, and as you practice that over and over and over again, the money starts to follow, you know, but it's like, yes, there's a time for hustle. Yes. There's a time to just like go for it. But as you guys know, like that does come at a cost. Mm -hmm. And so you can't keep doing it over and over and over again. There has to come a time where you're like, exhale, deep breath. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to tune in. And those are ultimately becoming the women that are becoming, that are like finding their way into my trap. What would you say are the key complaints or, or struggles that you hear over and over from these women? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, I'm too busy. You know, I have kids, I have a house to run. I, there's just so much to do, whether you have kids or not, there's just so (laughs) much to do. And I'll often hear like, okay, I need to find the time in order to create the space in order to take care of myself. And it's like, no, you've got it backwards. Start taking care of yourself now. You've got to start implementing mindful practices into your daily. It's, it's simple. It, there are simple things that over time create radical shifts and transformations in people's lives. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a good segue into raising your vibration and sort of like that five-step process that you talk about. And I know right now you're in the middle of a 30 day challenge on Instagram and I noticed on your podcast too, which is so cool. Yeah. So I'm curious if you can kind of describe what that is and how people can take part or, you know, do it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, yeah, we are currently in the middle and we're going to probably run an evergreen, which just means that it's going to be an ongoing um, experience that people can join in. So if you end up listening to this after we're complete, please feel come to find, find me and and join in. I 
really started this because this is what I wanted. When I uh, looked ahead as to what is 2020 about, I'm like, you know what? I know that in order for me to go to my next level, for me to call in the experiences, the opportunities, the collaborations that I want to go to, it's time for me to up level and to, for me to double down on these mindfulness practices. So I looked at what are these core things that are going to create the most you know, the, the fundamental shifts that I can create to make the biggest change in my life. And again, these are simple. So the raise your vibration challenge, it's a 30 day challenge to do the following five things to do a morning meditation minimum of 10 minutes. I have a raise your vibration uh, meditation that I take people through. It's 10 minutes. Um, it is move your body for a minimum of 30 minutes. This can be a walk. This can be yoga. This can be stretching. It can be a hardcore run or workout, whatever it is you need. Mm -hmm. It is, um, listening to high vibrational content on a daily basis, pop in this episode, mm -hmm. just literally having it play on, you know, always read a book, uh, listen to a podcast, etc. Um, the fourth thing is do your bedtime intentions at night. And I have a podcast episode that walks you through it. It's basically just using intentionally and mindfully using that time, those six to eight hours that we all sleep every single night, you actually can leverage that time and make the most out of them. And so I walk you through how to do that on uh, one of the episodes as well as when you get the emails. And then the fifth one is choosing to abstain from alcohol or another substance, another low vibrational substance that you know is hindering your productivity. This was something that I had to get really honest about for myself. I'm a mom of two under the age of five. And the reality is like, I love my glass of rosé at night. Mm -hmm. It's my wind down. It's my go-to. I don't, you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, but it's like, it's like mama juice. Yeah. And I knew that there was an element of just waking up with a slight fog. It's like one glass turns into two waking up with a slight fog, a slight haze. And I, I am someone that is so tapped in and so connected that it was really, really hindering me. And so what I'm encouraging people to do is that you do not have to do this perfectly. Like I have missed mornings of meditation. I'm on day 14 and I've had two glasses of wine over the last 14 days. Mm -hmm. Like this is not about being perfect. This is progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally am seeing huge shifts already. And so are women in my community. And, and what's really cool, I'll just add on is like after going through it for about seven to 10 days, I'm, it's like a layer has been lifted and now I'm like, now just automatically, I'm like, you know what? I want to drink more water throughout the day. I'm feeling called to add more greens in on my, like, I'm like, Oh my God, my body is craving greens and nutrition on another level. And I think I'm going to want to cleanse it. So it's just like, you know, it's a, ripple it, effect. it's a ripple effect and you get your mind in the right place. You get your body moving, you put down some low vibe substance, just watch what happens. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And it's so simple. You know, it's not, we overcomplicate everything, I feel like. And it's really getting back to the basics and having that support and that accountability and that community. Yes. And I'm curious, what are some of the things that you're noticing within your community since the challenge has started and how are they kind of all holding each other accountable? Oh, it's, yeah, it's been really, really beautiful. So one thing that is maybe not, um, you know, the most 
fun thing to talk about that I've noticed by myself and I am noticing in my community is that as we're diving into this, there's a lot of emotions that are coming up. When you are, you know, smoking a little weed every night or drinking a glass of wine, there is stuff that you are pushing down. And so that's something that we've been working with um, in the community is, okay, wait, there's this like wave of sadness or this anger and how do I move this? I'm a huge fan of breath work and really supporting women to, to process some of those emotions that are coming up. Um, on the flip side, um, their women are getting clear. They're they're like, they're like, Oh yeah, I got this into intuitive hit to start a group program, you know, or to launch my, it's like, yep, super clear. I need to do my branding. Um, I need to have a conversation with my husband about getting more support in the house. Like there's some real clarity coming through Mm -hmm. and overall there's just like a raise in frequency for a lack of better words. And for anyone that's like, what are you talking about when you say that? The truth is is that we're all vibrating on some level. Like we all, you know, everyone says like, oh, that person has good vibes. Or you go into a restaurant, you're like, oh yeah, this has got a really good vibe. You know it, like you can feel the energy and the environment around you. And when you raise your vibration, you become more of an energetic match for the things that you want in your life. In order to get there, you have to actually do the inner work first. It's not like, okay, yes, I'm going to go and just get that one opportunity and then I'm going to feel better. Start feeling better first. Start changing yourself on a cellular level and watch how things start slowly coming to you. Yeah. And that's something I want to get back to your personal development journey, your spiritual journey. Were you always a spiritual person and what, what did that process look or what were the, maybe the, the biggest, uh, things that you did that helped you really start to tune into your voice and, you know, shed the weight and reduce your stress. Cause you were talking about a lot of health issues yeah. and you kept working and here you are today. Mm. So energized, so, you know, feeling so good. So I, I'd love to get into more of the specifics. Yeah. Um, I looking in hindsight, I was always a seeker. I was somebody, I was raised Lutheran, but not, you know, not religious, Um, and in high school I was like in and out of young life and I always struggled with it because I like, I want to be part of the community. There was something clearly, I, I, I feel like I have so much light, like I wanted to be part of that higher calling. Um, but I was also the high schooler that was like having parties in my parents' backyard and having sex at 15 and like, you know, very rebellious inner conflict. Yeah. And so it was like, I, then I went to college and I forget what he was even called, but like the Christian group there. And I just like, it wasn't okay to like drink and party and be part of these Christian groups. Mm -hmm. And so I just never quite felt connected in that way. And so, um, just religion never really called to me. And so when I had this quote unquote health crisis, um, I started just working with these different groups. I'm not even going to name any of them just clearly like super random, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I found this, I just started looking inwards and I'll, and I'll say that I just started being opened up to something bigger than me. And I think not that I'm like old, but I feel like the generations that are coming in right now, they're waking up so much earlier. And there's just like, they're just like tuned in to this higher force, higher frequency at at a much quicker level, um, or much sooner. I really connected with a quote unquote, my higher power when I did go into a 12 step program. Mm. I remember them explaining to me, I think it's in step three, how it's about, you know, turning your will over to a power greater than yourself. And I just didn't really know what that meant, 
but I knew that I could feel it every time that I went to the beach. Every time that I put my feet in the sand and looked out in the ocean, I was like, okay, there is something greater than me here. I found it skiing. Um, I'm a very active skier. And like when I would just be like pushing myself down the mountain and like just feel that exhilaration and that kind of high, you know, people get it working out or that runner's high. It was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, like I feel something like bigger and greater than me. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept on that path. And they say, fake it till you make it. And it's like, I just tried prayer. I remember listening to Byron Katie. Um, she has a book called loving what is and just listening to it on audiobook and starting to question like everything in my life and wondering like, is that really the way that it is? And is my dad always been right? Or does he just have a lot of confidence (laughs) and like that maturation process, you know, and that, just starting to like redefine like who am I and what is it that I want and um I don't know if I'm fully answering your question but it's just been one step in front of another and quite honestly it's like the work that I'm now kind of diving into is what does that process look like for somebody who does want to feel more in alignment that wants to find more freedom that wants to find more overflow in their life is there, can I walk them through some type of step-by-step, quote-unquote, and it's, you know, again, it's not a process, it's not a formula, but there are absolutely pillars, Mm. there's foundations, and there's, um, there's work that everyone can go through and have a really expansive experience. Yeah. And just to follow up on the piece around overworking, you know, Mm -hmm. because when you're filling your life so much with being overly busy and productivity and money, money, uh, you, you do lose sight of what is innately best for you and, and what your goals are. So how did you set boundaries in that work environment that didn't change for a while? Yeah, I, you know, I always, it's like, I felt guilty about it, but I started putting myself in my health first. So like, I just wouldn't come in until nine 30 or 10. And there was definitely part of me that struggled with it for a long time. So it's like, I hear this a lot from moms now about mom guilt. They're like, I want to work, but I want to be home. And I, you know, how many hours should I have a nanny? And how does this all look for my work life balance? And like, I get fun. Like I have felt mom guilt. Like I'm not you know, like some like angelic, full on angelic being floating around at all times. <laughs> but the, the truth is, is that I get that on a karmic soul level that my kids chose me before we like we had a soul agreement before we all incarnated into this life and that they chose me as their mom they knew that I was never going to be somebody that was going to be at home 24 7 and that's just not who I am it honestly goes with my husband too he he would prefer for me to be home making breakfast and dinner and like taking care of the house all that's his preference. Mm. And yet he respects and supports me following my inner knowing my inner calling for how I shine. Like you guys see, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like I light up when I talk, when I, when I'm passionate, it's like, I can't imagine not doing that. And so to get back to your question, I started those practices in real estate, putting some limits on, Uh, I remember when I first started, like I would actually get sick. 
I would actually get sick in order to stay home. Mm. And then as I started working the muscle of listening to myself and just taking very, very, very small steps forward, I would just come in at 9.30. I would leave at 4.30 or 5. Um, I would maybe work, quote unquote, work from home on Fridays, you know, and, and in real estate, while it wasn't fully entrepreneurial, it did give me the ability to call my own schedule. Mm -hmm. And I would go through these births of just like working, 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 and like bringing in like, you know, two big paychecks. And then when I was like 25 years old, I took like a three week trip to South Africa by myself to just like explore and, and, you know, just like figure out who I was. And I thought like all my questions were going to be answered on that one, three week trip. And then I figured out this is a lifelong journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Well, and I love that you're so honest about your journey. And I think that that's something that really resonates with people is that you're not like, there's one way to do everything or I'm perfect. And I've had this journey yeah. that's all worked out, you know, that's boring. And it's, it's in your highs and your lows and your struggles. And I think on a daily basis, you'll jump on Instagram and be like, Hey, today was a hard day, you know, or on your podcast, you share honestly. And I feel like, like you said earlier, people want to connect with you and your story and it's your story and your journey and your why that is why you are so successful and why you're so passionate about what you do. And so sharing those sort of like tough moments along the way really helps other people to kind of say, Oh, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And, you know, to need to reevaluate my own habits. So I'm actually yeah. really curious some of the clients, I know you don't work one-on-one -on -one with clients anymore, mm -hmm. but through um, this community of women, mm -hmm. some of the simple shifts that they've made in their lives that have had an instrumental impact on their business and their happiness. Sure. Um, the first um, woman that comes to mind, she started working with me about a year and a half ago, and she came to me as a branding, and she actually was in graphic design, and she was working in her business, and she had worked in fashion previously, and she came into one of my masterminds, and she was like... I don't know. I just want to make $10,000 a month. Right. And she was really, really, um, gifted and really good at what she did. And so she came to one of my two day events and I, I guess this is where I get a little bit stuck because number one, it's not me. Like I'm not here like making changes for people. Like I'm here just shining light on areas of opportunities. And really, I believe that spirit and God uses me as a vessel and like speaks words through my mouth to like support women in rising up. So just, I just want to start with that. So yeah. she came and she sat in my living room for two days and she cried and she had breakthroughs and she did breath work and she talked about her relationship with her husband and she talked about her one-year-old and she talked about weaning and, you know, needing to stop breastfeeding and really starting to take care of herself and to take herself seriously in what she did. And then on the second day, she put together her program and she got clear in her pricing and she really stepped into her value and her worth. And I kid you not, this woman was making $2,000, um, the first month that she worked with me and the next month she made 10 oh my and the next month after that she made eight and the next month after that she made nine and she's had some quote unquote dips into five and four and six. And she's worked with me now for, um, on and off for a year and a half. And she had her first $20,000 a month. And then she just boxered our group just a couple days ago and she had her first $8,000 client. And I, and I reflected back to her, um, how much she has stepped into her own 
womanhood that she has really, she kind of came to me as this, a little bit of like a girl, you know, just like a real, like a young mom trying to figure out what her purpose was and how to get her business off the ground and super focused on the money. And today she will tell you, yes, I want to, I want to make the 10, 15, $20,000 months. But what I'm really, really interested in is having a beautiful relationship with my husband and being an awesome mom and figuring out how to live out my purpose and my passion while making money and, and, you know, contributing to my family. So that's just the very first person, you know, that kind of comes to mind. Um, and you know, just somebody else, I'll think of a health coach. She very, very, um, boldly invested in one of the, uh, the thrive programs, Um, and it was a big, big stretch for her. And I supported her in making, you know, the jump because I was like, this woman has what it takes. Like, I know she's got it within the four month program. She left her job. She's now full time doing her work and her passion based work in the world. And it's just so cool to see people believe in themselves. Like at the end of the day, it was like the same with you, Jess. Mm -hmm. It's like the end of the day, this is not about some like specific skill or like, There are quote unquote strategies or systems, yes, that are like best practices, but you can find those all over the freaking internet with a free webinar. The question is, are you going to implement them? And how much do you believe in yourself to go out and put yourself out there and speak your voice and share your truth when all of that um, stuff comes up with all those like low vibrational belief systems of who am I? Everyone's doing it. What do I have to offer? I'm one of a hundred million people. Why would someone choose me? There's so many other people to go to. Like all of that bullshit that we tell ourselves that don't, we, we don't end up actually taking the action that we need to, to go out and be of service. And it's like, get out of your own freaking way. Mm-hmm. This is bigger than you. You have, you have, there is a person out there that you need to serve. And you start with that. You start with that one person. That is what, that is where you need to start. And the one person turns into five, turns into 25 in your group program, yeah. turns into 50, turns into a community of X number. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you you are trying to shift away from entrepreneurs or you you work with so many entrepreneurs, but it's such a universal issue that people don't don't always feel so and women in particular don't feel so comfortable asking for more money. So as an entrepreneur, you worked with our business and Jess on charge more. And it was like this major block for us. Of like, how can we do that? It's greedy. Um, it's not right. You know, there's these blocks around that. Or, or like, I don't have enough experience. Don't have enough experience. And then in a career, you know, asking for more men do it all the time and, and no hesitation. And women are just, it's always this feeling around feeling greedy or selfish and even in a negotiation. Absolutely. And you're talking specifically about money, receiving more money. Women don't know how to receive in general, right? We don't actually know how to relax, exhale, think about the anatomy of a man versus a woman. A man is literally built to be super focused, pointed forward, ready to go. A woman, our bodies are meant to relax and exhale and receive. And it is a it is a skill it is uh, that that is not honored that's not cherished in our in our world in the western world of the way that we do things and if we actually want to co-create manifest receive if you want to have and experience more ease in your life in any way this is about tuning into the integrated feminine it is about learning how to balance the masculine and the feminine energies so that you can 
actually exhale and learn how to take care of yourself, there is going to be a time to go balls out, to hustle, to, you know, create the systems there. There is, there is that time, especially when you're starting in an ideal world, you then start hiring people to work around you that can take care of those basic masculine foundational systems so that you can just kind of be a butterfly and like floating in your own vortex, being an inspiration and being a creative and receive those downloads. And yes, you're like, I'm in the moment right now where I'm like feeling really called to write. And it's not something that it's not a muscle that I exercise frequently. So I am having to kind of map, you know, in a masculine way, like put it on my calendar and like force myself to do it. But it's to like to be of bigger service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you talk about giving yourself permission to prosper and as women, especially us not doing that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that, I mean, you kind of explain why that is, but how do we give ourselves more permission? <sighs> Cause I, I will just say that I, yeah. I think that when you coached me, mm-hmm. a lot of it was fear-based. So thinking that I wasn't enough, maybe thinking that I didn't know enough, wasn't skilled enough and, you know, struggled stepping into my worth. And I think one of the skills that you really kind of instilled in me is just being really sure of yourself and knowing that what you're offering is to be of service to other people. So how I'm going to turn the question back on you. So like, how did you walk through that? Like, how did I help you be sure of that? Having giving myself permission. Yeah. I think a lot of it is manifestation and visualization. I Hmm. think it's putting yourself in the place of already being there. What would it feel like to ask for what you're worth? What would it feel like to be working with other high vibrational or soulmate clients that, you know, you just really vibe with that you feel really good coaching? Because initially when I wasn't asking for what I was worth, I was working with a lot of non-ideal clients. Yeah. Um, that were really making me feel, you know, I felt exhausted. I felt that I wasn't able to show up as my best self. I would have some dread around the calls. Mm -hmm. And I think once I really stepped into what I should be asking for and felt that it's what I deserved, I then all of a sudden was calling in the right clients that were my ideal clients. Yeah. And it's not like you sat there in Shavasana pose just, and Mm -hmm. they just all of a sudden, you know, started DMing you on Instagram. Like you were definitely and still do, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting on these events. You're getting on podcasts. You're very, very, very good at networking. And I love that you just said that because that's, that is, yes, that is a telltale sign that something is not, that something's off or wonky. Um, when, if you are feeling, um, you know, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Oh, if you're feeling resentful of your clients, if you're feeling like you don't want to get on a call, if you're dreading it, if you're like, oh, like, oh yeah, it's like, it's not your client's fault. It's your fault. Like either (laughs) stop doing what you're doing, change the topic, change the conversation or up the price. When you are in vibrational alignment with your, with your money, it's like, you're clear, you're clear. And sometimes you need, you need guidance in order to get there, right? You need to be able to bounce some ideas off of other people, of a coach of someone that's been before you of what does this offering look like? How many calls do I do? And we're, we're kind of talking about service-based businesses in general here. Yeah. Um, but 
and then it's like you once you kind of get that stamp of approval whether it's from yourself or from someone else you can go okay I'm clear instead of going into any call or conversation like I don't know do I charge 500 Mm -hmm. and give five calls or do I charge you know it's like no this is what I charge this is what I do this is how I'm holding the call this and those are some of the hard skills Mm -hmm. that I did teach in Thrive and I just in this conversation I'm like yeah, I should probably wrap one of those packages up and just sell it on my site because yeah. there are really solid skills that people learn from going through that sales skills and how to put an offer together and how to price it that people need. People need to get their businesses up and running. Yeah, and I think speaking with confidence too is another thing that you that really made me take pause because it's like, oh, how much are your prices? 350 you know and it's like your voice goes up and it's like is that okay right and then you're like because you're a friend of a friend of a friend yeah yeah. I'm gonna charge you what 50 (laughs) you don't even give them time to respond and you're already giving them a discount totally yes and I think the same goes is true for working in a corporate job you know asking for a raise or a promotion whatever it is like if you're not if you're no, if you know that that's where you want to be and that's where you deserve to be, then you need to ask for that because if you don't, of course, it's going to show up in resentment. Like you said, resentment towards your clients. It's going to show up every single day when you check in to work. You're going to be resentful of the work that you're doing. You're going to be resentful of the place that you're at. And as a result, you're not going to show up the way that you want to at home. And that is, again, creates this ripple effect of negativity. So I think it goes, crosses over into both worlds. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is this is a layered conversation. You know, the reality is, is that women aren't paid equally as men. And so there are, there are, uh, a collective consciousness, um, you know, we have been passed down of like, well, you don't really ask or, you know, men are able to do this. Or if you want to have a baby and be in the workforce, you know, this is kind of what you need to accept. And it's the reason why I am so passionate about women starting their own businesses and being able to do it on their own time. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed in my community the most is, um, about half the women I work with are moms are definitely not all moms. Um, but even it's like, this goes for, it's like, do it your way. I think there's this idea that it's like, well, if I'm going to start a business, I've got to be all in and work 50 hours and like, but how do I do that if I have a baby? And it's like, do you have to do that? Does, does your relationship, does your financial needs, does your husband, like what is the actual agreement that you need to fulfill in your partnership? And that's a very conscious conversation Mm -hmm. that relationships need to have, which is like a whole other podcast episode, but it's like, you can do this your own way. And so it is about giving yourself permission to write your own story, to figure out your own narrative, to create your own manifesto and let yourself off the hook. If it looks like you're going to work four hours a day and then pick your kid up from preschool and be with them the whole afternoon. Like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. And you know what, if you're super inspired and on freaking fire and you work 12 or 14 hours a day, good on you, girlfriend. Like go do your thing. There is no right or wrong. Like who am I? Who am I to say it needs to look like this or like, just listen, Mm -hmm. listen, go get acupuncture, go for a walk, get your feet in the sand or in nature or on grass. Like, like listen, take the time to tune in and know that whatever season you're in is right for you. And it's going to look wildly different 
than your best friend or the person on Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like creating a plan of attack for your life. You know, if these same challenges are coming up for you and you're not able to get to these things you really want, it's like, how are you going to design your life knowing that you've got these kids or you've got this thing? How are you going to figure it out? And, And so that... That is helpful for people to know. I think it's too much comparing. You know, I could look at what you're doing and be like, oh my gosh, and you are, you're doing so much. And it's like, oh, we're not, you know, you, I could instantly feel like we're not doing enough. She seems to be working a lot more. But also when you pull the curtains back, there are systems and delegation and a lot of stuff happening Mm -hmm. here that allows you to do that. And so I think to give people an idea of Mm -hmm. how you can accomplish that, I'd love Mm -hmm. to know what are maybe a day in the life or some little routines and rituals that help you manage these different projects yet still be, you know, a a mom and a a wife and and have hobbies and a fun life. Sure. Yeah. So I am, and I just want to say it's like, I, I know I've said this a couple times this episode, but I feel like I need to say it again, specifically to this answer. Things are really in shift in my world right now. Right, right. And that's okay. Like yeah. I'm I'm kind of in this like gray space, which quite honestly is really uncomfortable most days and is really testing my own ability to kind of hold in the like what's next. Um, so just to answer your question, um, when I was really ramping up a lot of the group programs, um, I had two full-time people and then a few vendors that were working, you know, here or there. Um, one person was managing the 50 person group. One man, one person was managing all the social media and outreach. Um, I have since, since I have shifted, um, kind of my, the model, if you will, and is very much in flux and in question, I have cut back on my team. And so what it looks like right, right at this moment is I have one full-time person. Um, she is my podcast epi- uh, editor. She is, she posts on social media. I answer all of my DMs, but just like, if I'm like needing to post, she'll, she'll post. She deals with scheduling. She deals with customer service. Um, she does some outreach for events. She is like the genius, the creative genius behind all of the gorgeous in-person events that we put on. She's just like so amazing. Um, and then I have a person that helps me with the podcast, just like reaching out and doing some, a little bit of like PR just for different opportunities here and there. It's, it's pretty light. And, and, and then we have a personal assistant in our home that helps Kenny and I part-time. And she helps me a little bit with the schedule, especially like my personal schedule, just between the kids and just like all the emails and stuff. Um, and the way that's like the way that I'm able to host the spring gala for our, for our preschool and mm, like yeah. do all of those other extracurricular <laughs> things that we do. You know, my husband and I, one of our very, very strong values is, um, hiring great people around us. And it's one of these things that a lot of our friends look at us and they're like, you guys are crazy. The amount of money you spend on your teams, both personally and professionally. Um, but it's just a very, very high value for us to feel supported. And it's the reason why he doesn't work you know, a hundred hour weeks. It's the reason why I, so just to answer your question specifically, um, I'm with my kids in the morning. My nanny comes between seven 30 and eight. She helps with breakfast. She helps with, 
getting um, Harrison's uh, preschool lunch ready. I take him to school. Um, and then I, so I start my day, um, normally I, I try and do like a 30 minute workout in that morning. So if I like wake up, so I wake up at like five 45 or six, wow. I do my meditation. That is like my me time. Like I actually love it. Like I covet that time. Mm. Um, I, I do my meditation. I'm up with the kids between like six 30 and seven. I get breakfast started. Chella comes in. She gets like she continues breakfast. I typically go out on a quick run or go in the gym for a quick workout, come back by like eight 45, nine, take Harrison to school, come back, get ready. Or like a day like today, don't get ready. Just keep, <laughs> keep on jumping. <laughs> yeah. And then I try to put in like a solid, um, like four to five hours a day of work. Um, which may not sound like a lot, but I'm super hyper-focused and it's really all my system, my nervous system can handle. And so I'm recording podcasts. I'm, um, you know, writing an email, editing emails. I'm thinking about creative topics. I'm jumping on a call for the feminine collective. I've at this moment, I've really cut my time way back in, in the work that I'm working in my business, meaning actually coaching and facilitating. And I'm really creating a lot more space for myself to work on my business. Um, that's the difference between working in your business versus on your business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really taking the time to think much more big picture. Um, typically in the afternoons, I'll do some type of self care. I'll go to acupuncture. Sometimes I just will take 30 minutes and do breath work. Sometimes I'll take a nap. Sometimes I'll, you know, once every six weeks, I'll get a facial just if I need to get my hair cut. Like it's just, that's kind of like my two o'clock ish slot. Mm -hmm. And then I pick Harrison up at three 30 or four. I'm home with the kids. I'm like full time between four and eight, which is intense. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking a lot of deep breaths these days since I'm not having Rose during that time. <laughs> and then it's bedtime. And quite honestly, I'm so exhausted afterwards. Like I'll jump on Insta story and I like, I love being on Insta story. It's like my, mm -hmm. my most favorite way to connect with my community. So I'll jump on there. I'll, you know, maybe do a few things on email, but, um, I like will watch a TV program with Kenny and I'm in bed by 9:30 so I can get up at 5:30 and feel good and most nights Harrison wakes me up in the middle of the night. Mm. Most nights he comes and gets me and sometimes I can go to bed back to bed easily. Sometimes like last night it took me 2 hours to fall asleep fall back asleep. So, you know, my sleep is like intermittent and um I love getting to bed early so that I can at least get like 9.30 to 3, like a solid wow. sleep. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so if you wake up feeling tired still because it wasn't good sleep, are, are there any foods or drinks or anything, obviously non-alcohol, that yeah. uh, help you move forward? I've, this, this is your guys' areas of right, expertise for sure. Yeah. I, have been, I have been really kicking the espresso. So I've been going on this chai blend that I'm like really, really into. I think the brand is a golden Lotus. Um, but this is your guys's. Whole. Well, it's all about the swaps, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it is hard. I've been drinking a lot of coffee too. And listening to you hear, hearing you talk about low vibration foods or things that uh, aren't doing much good for you. I'm realizing, uh, I don't know if it's helping my digestion and it, it is a good reminder to to think about how you can swap these things out. Too. Yeah. I, espresso was never, so I was like super, super addicted in my early twenties and then I didn't have it for 10 years. And then after I had Harrison and went back to work, I got on the, like the morning latte. And then my husband bought this super fancy latte machine <laughs> at my house. And I'm like, Oh God. So I've just been on it now. Um, but over the last month I've been shifting from the espresso to this, the chai blend still has quite a bit of caffeine, but I noticed such a big difference. I so 
so I steam almond milk Mm -hmm. and then I just really still enjoy that ritual. And again, it's been imperfect in the last 30 days. I probably had five espressos. Um, and, but I just noticed that I'll have the afternoon crash. Right. Um, Jess got me on the beauty bar chocolate and I love Candace, the owner of that. So it's like, I'll have that after, um, you know, I'll have that after my lunch. But I, I notice a difference if like my lunch is full of greens and just really jam packed with nutrients. I sustain, I don't need a nap that day. I can just like rest upstairs or do some journaling or answer some emails. But it's really, I just have noticed that my nervous system like really needs a lot of time to regulate and to slow down. And the truth is, is like my second job starts every day between four and four 30. And my son, God bless him. He is fire. Like he is fire. <laughs> I've and seen he, him on your stories. Oh, the God. energy. Yeah. It's like, through. yeah. And it's like so I cute. show all of the positives and the highs on Insta story <laughs> and just to be really, you know, it's like we deal with meltdowns and it's a lot. It's, he is a lot. He is Leo. And so it's so intense for me during that time. And anyway, so it's like, I'm able to sustain my energy if I can take between like two and four for just myself. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's three, you know, today it's like, think we're recording right now. So it's like, I'm going to pick him up a little bit late and just take him like 20 minutes to just decompress so that then I can actually show up for him. So it sounds like you have a lot of non-negotiable like self-care time or quiet time, which is so important to keep going with all that you're doing. And I don't feel bad about that. Like I have a one-year-old. So just to be clear, it's like I have, I, we also, you know, we have a nanny. So it's like, I need that time in order to be my best. And I'm with Gracie in the morning. I see her at lunch before she goes down for her nap. Um, I, you know, then I'm with her from four to seven 30. And it's just like, you know, every, Everyone needs to do it their way. I just know my system in order for me to do all the things I need, I desire to do in the world. I have to take that time. Yeah. And on that note, as we wrap up here, uh, what are you most excited about right now in your business and where can everyone find all that you're working on? Yeah. So I am really excited about all the changes and shifts that we have going on with the feminine collective. We're right in the middle of that right now. We are planning on doing a festival this year as well Mm -hmm. as a retreat. Yeah. So the festival is most likely, um, going to be in the summer months. We have not defined a date yet. Um, but we're super, super excited about continuing to bring together the community and serve at a high level and raise our vibrations together. Great. That. If people want to find uh, where they can join this festival, where, where can yeah, they Yeah, come visit me and DM me on Instagram. I respond to all of those. You can find me at Heidi Stevens and also at The Feminine Collective. Uh, would love to connect with you there. Perfect. Well, we're so grateful to have you, Heidi. This was such a great conversation and we can't wait to be on your podcast next. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks. We hope you got some value from that conversation with Heidi and encourage you to continue to follow along with her because we guarantee she'll be up to something new and supportive for her community really soon. Yes. And if you're enjoying our podcast so far, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review so we can keep bringing on guests you want to hear from and grow this community. We'd also encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode and tag us on your Instagram stories at solo 2.0 podcast so we can share it as well. Thank you for listening. And remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time.